Robin mentioned that idea of our charge is to go, and when we think about going, we think about the call to missions, the call to missions that's for every one of us, the call to missions for our church, for groupings of churches like the Southern Baptist Convention. He mentioned Dr. David Platt, who's the president of the International Mission Board, and that that call to go and proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And one of the ways we do that with the International Mission Board is through a Christmas push, a Christmas offering called the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering. And I want you to watch this video uh, that's a thank you video from the missionaries who are impacted by this offering. And in the middle of the video, I actually saw one of my friends from from New Orleans uh, pop up in it. So it's pretty fun. Watch this video and think about that call to missions, that call to go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. For giving. For giving. Thank you for your giving. The Lottie Moon offering. Toward Lottie Moon. Thank you for giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. But most importantly, due to your generosity, we've been able to share God's word with those around us. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because you gave, I'm able to access remote areas of Central Asia and explain the gospel with people God is already drawing to himself. With your help, we are bringing light the dark places among unreached people groups. Because of what you've given, it allows me to share this gospel with as many Central Asians as I can across London. Your giving allows our organization to provide need for refugees and to give them hope. Thank you for giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering so that we can buy Bibles in Arabic that we use with our Discovery Bible study with non-believers. Because of your generosity, African women are hearing stories from God's word while henna is being drawn on their hands and arms. And because of your giving, the life changes that we see through faith in Jesus Christ, that happens because of your gifts. Thank you for giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and helping to provide this wonderful water filter here in Northern Thailand. Your giving allows me to continue with my medical license here in Ghana, where I can not only do surgeries, but also the patients have the opportunity to hear the gospel. So thank you. Because of your giving, I'm able to speak to these thousand kids every Wednesday morning. Thank you. Thank you, First thank Baptist, Baptist Church. Thank you, Faith Promise Church. Thank you, Christina Baptist Church. Thank you for giving to Latimu. Thank you, and God bless you. All right, don't panic, but open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 3. I know it's a little bit late in the, uh, in the service. I've written down all of my words, though, so that I will make sure I stay in my shorter, shorter amount of time. Thank you, Emmaus, for, for giving. You might think, well, I've never given to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, and I've never even heard of the International Mission Board. If you've ever given a dime to Emmaus Baptist Church, you've given to the people that you saw on the video there through something called the Cooperative Program, through our missions uh, offering that takes place. We disperse that money, and a portion of that goes to the folks that you saw there on the screen as they're able to share the gospel. Thank you for being a church that gives. Thank you for the effort that you put forth this year to pay off our building. The incredible blessing that is. 
but to know that we don't pay off that building because we're in the building business. We pay off that building because we're in the people business. Because we desire that God would make us good and wise stewards of these resources that he's given us, but ultimately that our focus would be on proclaiming and displaying Jesus to the world around us. Here in just a couple minutes, we're going to get down to Galatians chapter 3. So if you want to hold your place there, we're going to be looking at the first few verses in Galatians chapter 3. For 30 years, Emmaus has been a place of faith that has experienced the blessing of God. We began as a step of faith by First Baptist Church and more with those like Paul Box and Boyd Rayburn leading the way. We moved ahead in faith through mission endeavors, ministry programs, and building projects led by men of faith like Robin Butler and Mike Booth. We put our faith in action by housing two elementary schools and hosting countless mission teams and volunteers to the tireless work of men like Jim Lehu. The question this morning is, will we continue in that way? Does a legacy of faith mean a future of faith? What began by faith must always continue by faith because God himself is completely faithful. Never forget this in your own life. No matter what you're going through right now, no matter what you face, the God who has been faithful to you in the past will continue to be faithful to you in the future. The God who has brought you to this point, the God who has sustained you through so much is the same God who sovereignly upholds you today and who will guide you every step in the future. And so we don't come 30 years as a church family experiencing the goodness and grace of God without realizing that every future step we have is, same, is similarly guided by that same God. That the God who has brought us to this point is the God who will lead us forward. In Galatians chapter three, Paul is writing to a group of Christians who were tempted to trade in their faith for God for a different gospel, a different message. Here's what Paul wrote in Galatians chapter three, starting in verse one. You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by observing the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish? After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort? If you're a Bible underliner, Galatians 3.3 is something to pay attention to. Verse 4, have you suffered so much for nothing, if it really was for nothing? Does God give you a spirit and work miracles among you because you observe the law or because you believe what you heard? Consider Abraham. He believed God and was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. May God bless the reading of his word. Paul refers here to the Galatians as foolish. Now we've been going through a series of sermons here at Emmaus on the book of Proverbs, so this concept of what it means to be wise 
And what it means to be a fool is particularly important for us this morning, but Paul addresses these Galatians as, as foolish. When he writes to the Galatians, he doesn't spare any terms. He doesn't uh, pretend like he's happy. He has some very important things to say. But the question is, why does he call them a fool? Why does he call them foolish? We've seen throughout the book of Proverbs, there are many foolish things that can lead us astray. But the question is here, why does he call them foolish? Well, he goes on in verse 1 to say, who has bewitched you? This concept of bewitching is connected to the idea of putting a curse on someone. Uh, if you're reading from the Holman Christian Standard Bible, which is one of the different translations out there for purchase, it will even say hypnotized here. This word bewitched is the idea of putting the curse on someone. If you get kind of digging back into the history behind this word, it has to do with the idea of putting the evil eye on someone, casting the evil eye on someone. Some of you, as parents or grandparents, this morning have already cast the evil eye on one of your children or on your spouse or someone sitting. The, the ability to cast a curse, to cast an evil eye on someone seems strange to us, but even today in a lot of cultures, it's still a very prominent um, picture of magic, of bringing a curse. Paul says you've been cursed, you've been bewitched. Another way of saying this is you've been deceived. You're in danger. You're in danger of trading a blessing for a curse. What's the danger? The danger is that they would abandon faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ for a different message. That they would abandon Christ as their goal and replace it with a different goal. That they would abandon the work of the Spirit and they would replace it with whatever work they could put forward. What does it look like practically when this happens? Well, we lose focus on worship, discipleship, missions, and we replace those with goals that are more human-oriented. To use Robin's words from earlier, we replace God's plans, God's goals with our plans and our goals. We lose faith. Don't, mention, or don't, don't miss this next part. We lose faith in the power of God's word and the power of God to save. And in its place, we put human manipulation, we put human personality, we put legalism. We've run all of this man-made religion into a system that all along is about God's word and God's spirit. And God is the one who does the salvation. God is the one who does the transformation. But when we trade the blessing of faith for the curse of our own works, we trade God's work for our work. So how does Paul counter this? Well, Paul counters this because he's able to remind them of God's plan. And God's plan in Galatians 3 is summed up very simply. Focused on Christ, through faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit, for all nations. And we could break those down a lot of ways, but that's Paul's plan, not Paul's plan, it's God's plan given through Paul. Focus on Christ, through faith, by the power of the Holy Spirit for all nations. If I could piggyback on what Robin said, it would be this idea of what does it look like to be that type of church is summed up in these things. We exist to proclaim and display Jesus, the visible and the verbal, that he is the light of the world, that he is the resurrection and the life, that there's no other name under heaven by which men might be saved. Through faith we come to Jesus and we live for Jesus. Let us never be a church this scares me a little bit, so I want to emphasize this point. Let us never be a church 
where anyone ever thinks I have to get my junk together, I have to get myself together before I can go to that place to find hope. May we be a place where people can say, I have nothing to bring, I'm in desperate need of hope and healing, I will go by faith because I think they can point me to Jesus. Let us be that type of place. And Jesus always does his work by the power of his spirit. The Holy Spirit who gives us the word of God is the same spirit who empowers the word of God and he empowers us, every Christian, not just those on stage, not just the pastors or ministers. The Holy Spirit inspires every one of us, empowers every one of us to be involved in this mission of seeing God build his church. For 30 years, not always perfectly, but with amazing consistency, Emmaus has sought to be a place of faith. My prayer is that for any additional years that God might grant us, that we would continue to focus on Christ, we would continue to live by faith, and we would continue to trust in the power of the Holy Spirit. And the result of that is found where God tells Abraham there at the end of that passage in verse eight, he says that because of his faith, in you shall all the nations be blessed. If God is so gracious that he would continue to lead us to be a place of faith, that he would continue to bless us, that blessing is not for ourselves. That blessing is so that we can be a blessing to others, so that he would work in us in such a way that we would go, that we would display, that we would proclaim, and that we would call people to the hope, the gospel of Jesus Christ. This Wednesday night, on the exact anniversary of Emmaus' 30 years of being constituted as a church, this Wednesday night, I want to lay out for us some of what that plan looks like in kind of a state of the church address. I'm not going to enter from the back and everybody shake my hand as I go down the aisle, but uh, we're still going to lay out what does it look like for us to be a church family? Where is God leading us in missions? We're going to begin to talk about those things. But this morning, let me just ask you, are you focused on Christ? Are you living by faith? And are you experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit at work in your life? And is God using you to go and impact all nations? That's the kind of life I want to live. That's the kind of church I want to be a part of. I'm going to pray for us. After I pray for us, those who are helping with the offering, if you would come and pass those plates, you can put your offering envelopes in there. If you have a guest or a prayer card, you can put that in there. And while we have the offering being passed, so while we're taking the offering, our kids are going to come and sing for us to wrap up the service. I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate 30 years as a church than to have the preschoolers kick us off and the kids' choir send us out because then that means that they forget about Robin's dancing and my speaking. So uh, we're good at that point. So we're going we're gonna to wrap up. I'll come up after the kids' choir and give you some final instructions. Emmaus, I love you. Thank you for being a place of faith. Thank you for being a people who are committed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us. We're going to pass the offering plates, and the kids are going to come and sing for us. Father, you are a good, good father. And we thank you for making that goodness known to us through your son, Jesus Christ, through the power of your Holy Spirit, seen throughout creation, seen in your word, seen in the beauty of a local church. Father, for every person here, I pray that we would live by faith and not by sight. 
God, I pray that we would take action, that we would go and display and proclaim Jesus to the world around us, and God, that you would remind us every day of what it is to experience the hope and the peace and the joy of Christ. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen.